At that time, Jerusalem shall be called the throne of the Lord, and all the nations shall be gathered to it, to the name of the Lord to Jerusalem. No more shall they follow the dictates of their evil hearts. In those days the house of Judah shall walk with the house of Israel, and they shall come together out of the land of the north to the land that I have given as an inheritance to your father. Therefore, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that they shall no longer say, as the Lord lives, who brought up the children of Israel from the land of Egypt, but as the Lord lives, who brought up and led the descendants of the house of Israel from the north country and from all the countries where I had driven them, and they shall dwell in their own land. From our first lesson and from our epistle, both from Jeremiah, these readings point quite clearly, univocally even, to the promise of redemption of God's people. This is what we are looking forward to as we turn our eyes towards Advent and the coming of the King, the Messiah, the one who will save the world. Jesus, of course, is that anointed one who was expected. In our gospel lesson, he is the one who feeds his people. He is the great shepherd who cares for his sheep and knows them all by name. And in our psalm today, we gave great praise and honor to God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, because of all the greatness of his work in creating, but also in redeeming us with the incarnate Lord. This morning, I would like to look at some practicalities of this big promise of God's and of Jesus' fulfillment of that promise. This promise is to each of us. Baptism and then the supper of the Lord after baptism, is open to all who will respond to Jesus' call. It's not just the frozen chosen, the elect few. It's open to everyone who will respond. Jesus says, come unto me. And we respond and say, here we come. What do I need to do? And involved with that is the bowing of the knee. Right? That humility. In the Old Covenant, we see a man and his family called to be God's people, Abraham. By the time of our prophecy this morning, this family had become a nation of people. We're talking a lot of people. Yet so often, being a family is so hard, especially in keeping the virtues in mind. And in practice. And all the little virtues that flow out of the big virtues. How are we to be a community and a nation? In this divided time in our country, how are we supposed to love those that think so differently? More to the point this morning, please note the gospel lesson. After these things, Jesus went over, this actually begins just a hair before our appointed gospel. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. Then a great multitude followed him. And Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes and saw a great multitude coming toward him. 
One man, one family, turned into a whole nation of people. God's people. Jesus shows up on the scene. He's here to redeem Israel and the world. And every time we turn around, as the prophecies foretold, everyone's coming to Jesus. I think he got a little tired. Not that he didn't want to minister to everyone, but that's a lot of people, constantly. Whether it is two or three gathered together, or whether it is a great multitude in the church, whether it is a close circle of 12 people, like Jesus sat down with at the top of the mountain, in a church, or 250 The one thing you can't get away from in the church is relationship. It's each of us relating to each other. Not just to one, but to everyone at some level. The church is not, and this is going to come as a shock, the church is not you and Jesus. And trust me, in our world today, for a lot of Christians, that comes as a big shock. The church is you and me and everyone around you and me and Jesus. And then we move out from our local body and we can talk about the diocese and all the people we know in the various churches in our diocese. And then we can move out to our national province of our church. And many of us know people all over the nation in our church. And then we talk of the almost 100 million brothers and sisters in Christ in our Anglican tradition, the Anglican church around the world. And then we look to the other branches of Christ's church and all the brothers and sisters of, 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 of ourselves and the children of Jesus that are in completely different traditions, the Roman Catholic, the Eastern Orthodox, the Baptists, the Lutherans, the Methodists, and it goes on and on. And we ought to realize when we take a look at that picture that though I have and you have a covenantal relationship via our baptism and the oaths that we took at our baptism or were taken for us, so we have a covenantal relationship with Jesus and the Father and we have been gifted with the Holy Ghost. The reality is this Christianity thing I'm a part of is oh so much more than just me and Jesus. So as we finish the season of the year that deals with the growth of the church, both numerically, spiritually, in terms of service and growing in our relationship with one another, Let's ask ourselves, have we grown? And if so, have we grown closer to each other? Do we extend the grace that Christ extends to us, to our brothers and sisters in the faith? It's particularly in this body right here. The brothers and sisters in the faith who worship with us every week. For some of us every day almost. Do you make 
effort to consider the person sitting next to you, in front of you, behind you, in the pew, as more important than yourself, as St. Paul admonishes? Are you willing to go out of your way for the people in this room? I have a sneaking suspicion that the virtue of of love, if not practiced within the local congregation of the church, is unlikely to be practiced outside that body very effectively. Have you practiced the virtue of humility with your church neighbor recently? Quite often, that means asking forgiveness. If not, perhaps you are not spending much time relating to your brother or sister. Because I know that if we relate to one another, we're going to offend one another. So yes, it's very good not to offend your neighbor, so let's just not talk to them. That'll be such a better option. That's not the way we're headed. That's not the way the Gospels point us. We're to relate and we're to be humble, and that means we have to ask forgiveness when we offend. No, I'm not saying that each one of us need be best friends forever with every other person in this room. But reaching out and getting to know your fellow churchmen better is, I would argue, a part of being in relationship in the church. We are a body, a Catholic body and a local body. The only real place that most of us can be really related to Let me rephrase that. The only real place that most of us can be really related to in any meaningful and everyday way is by participating in the local body. Most of us are not going to be relating to people in other parishes and other dioceses all over the country on a daily basis. This is it. Yes, we are glad to receive a bishop once a year, and that is a wonderful part of being in the church Catholic, but our relationships with one another on a day-to-day basis is where the rubber meets the road in terms of our Christian life of community and relationship. And arguably, out of that healthy place, we have to work at it, can come healthy living outside the church to bring people in. The multitudes came to hear Jesus. The apostles were challenged to meet the needs of the multitudes. If we are being the church, then we need to meet one another's needs, and that includes in relationship. Think about the virtues we've covered throughout um, this Trinity Tide and been thinking about. Think about actual relationships that you have with people here this morning and the people that are missing this morning. Are you being Jesus to them? Families, you are in an even tighter relationship with your parents, your children, your siblings, your spouse. How are you doing? Are you starting with the virtue of love and her handmade humility? Are you being just, controlling yourself, courageous when you need to be, and wise about all things when you are dealing with your family members. What about your neighbor, and particularly your fellow parishioner? Do you allow hope to burn brightly in your heart in your relationships? 
Do you build your faith and share it in encouragement with those around you? Do you make a point of being around people? Not just because you have you have to here at church, but because God has given you opportunity to share virtue and encourage your brother and sister in Christ. As we move together into a new year in the church, let us ponder these things and start the year off with a renewed commitment to our local church community. And out of that strength and web of relationships, let us draw others to join in those relationships and encourage them to worship the true king born in a stable in Bethlehem some 2,000 years ago, which we began to look forward to and will celebrate at the Nativity. Amen.